Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button. Perhaps you're in the hustle today and it's refreshing to even think about pushing the pause button, getting off the stage of any drama that perhaps you've casted yourself in or that you find yourself in today. It's our intention at Edge Got In that you're given the opportunity to champion your human potential in Christ. Come as you are today. Whether or not you have just a few crumbs of a loaf of bread and a half-eaten fish, toss it into the lap of Jesus, and he is in the business of multiplying what we surrender to him and trust him to accomplish. One of our foundational verses here at Edge God in is Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. Our conversation today will be continued around the DISC. The DISC is an assessment that actually reveals specific traits in four different categories. I'm joined today by Ken Vogus, who is the adjunct professor, an adjunct professor in the doctorate program at Dallas Seminary. And Ken and I have been going through the D, the I, the S, and the C. So if you haven't listened to the first three profile assessment uh, recaps and deeper dive, we encourage you to explore that at edgegodin.com. It's under the same title. It's just a different letter in the desk, D-I-S-C. So the title for today is Emotional Intelligent Guidelines to Love Those High Cs. Our learning objective at the end of our podcast today is that you will learn observable traits of a high C, how to recognize them and their behavior, and what they want and what they fear. And most importantly, how to connect with people who are high seas and to love them as Jesus did. Our Emotional Intelligence Project, which can be found at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com, we actually offer a, a, an assessment within the book that is a shorter assessment of the biblical DISC assessment um, that can actually create it. We also offer in our book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ, a, a short assessment on emotional intelligence. What's your emotional intelligence? We see them walking hand in hand very beautifully in that the disc actually gives you insight into how you're, how, how you're wired, how God wired you, what your fears are, what your motivations are, what you want, and how they're different from other people. And there's four main different categories where you can recognize those differences. The emotional intelligence in Christ aspect then takes that knowledge and gives you specific tools to be able to become the boss of your emotions by the power of the Holy Spirit within you, by the power of the Holy Spirit within you. <laughs> That's our victory. Uh, to be able to take that insight and that wisdom into the real world so that we can love and honor others as Jesus did when he walked the earth. Our definition of emotional intelligence in Christ is simply the ability um, that is actually activated by the Holy Spirit. And the, the word activation that we're speaking of here is the wakefulness of the Holy Spirit within you to discern, to help you do two things, discern and manage your emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well as Jesus did. I don't know about you, but I need that Holy Spirit as my constant virtual assistant every day with my crazy emotions. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sweet Jesus, we thank you that you thought of us today. 
that you have gifted us with another day of life. We're so grateful for that. Thank you for all that you have given us, the ability to see, the ability to choose to let your peace reign in our hearts, the ability to choose to let the word of God, your presence within us and the powerful scriptures to dwell within us so that we can have wisdom to admonish, encourage, connect, and strengthen one another, as Paul speaks about in Colossians chapter 3. Give us the grace, dear God, to love others the way you do. And when we come to the end of ourselves, which happens very quickly, give us that remembrance of where to go, to borrow that love, that joy, that peace, that patience, that kindness, goodness, gentleness, and ultimately self-control so that we can run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. It's getting very dark out there, Lord. Give us the grace to stand firm and not allow our hearts to be hardened by what we're seeing and hearing around us, but help us to have the grace to stand on the front lines, to be fully available, as Moses did, to make a declaration of availability. Here I am, Lord. Use me to bring your love into the world. In your most precious name we pray. Amen. Ken, thank you so much again for being with us. And this is our this is our fourth and the last of the DISC profiles. Again, can you just give the listeners a brief summary of, of why, why should we even care about DISC and also the connection to emotional intelligence in Christ? Well, first of all, God in his sovereignty, for whatever reason, made us all different. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we... In order to go ahead and love one another, we have to go ahead and start with a position of acceptance that people are different. And then once we understand that, then how are we going to go out and loving that person? Uh, what One of the issues is they always ask, well, what's the difference? And uh, I'll just briefly mention the difference between a D, an I, S, and a C is that the, it, with regard to the subject of pace, how, how, what kind of a pace do they have? Dominant styles are very uh, fast-paced people, and they're very task-oriented. That's what makes them unique. Uh, the influencing are fast-paced too, but they're uh, feeling-driven. And then you have the steadiness styles that that are slower paced and they're feeling driven also and then we have the seas and they're they're very different they are also slower paced but they are very process oriented and 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 uh, in their and they're working and thinking they're very literal thinkers they they think logically and they they need information and i've got some c a part of who I am, and I like information. And I'll give you a little illustration here of the how I think. I get offers to speak at various different men functions on World War II um, Hand of God stories, and I got an invitation to, to speak. And so they gave me a date, and uh, I got the date, and I put it on my calendar. But what I needed to know, Lauren, was what time do I need? I got the day, but I need to know what time. And so I got the answer from uh, the individual, and he said 7.30. 
Well, in my logical brain, uh, 7.30 is, could be a.m. or p.m. So I had to write, write the guy back again to say, okay, I need more information. So uh, high seas are very literal, and they need data and information to understand what's going on. Mm. <laughs> so that'll give you a little bit of a contrast on that. Wow, just even thinking about that, Ken, I mean, you started off talking about the D, and the difference between a D and a C, because the D you said was fast paced and they're power driven or they're mm-hmm. fa- fast paced and power driven, right? Or intellectual task driven, driven very task driven, yeah. task, task driven, right? So, mm-hmm. so being in control of the task. So yeah. you take that and, and working with a C, which is slower pace and information driven, you can see how emotional intelligence would be uh, a stretch in, yes. in a situation like that. Yeah. In, in, in the, uh, the realm of misunderstanding, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is probably the two combinations that have the greatest degree of, of misunderstanding of them, of one another, because of how different they, they think. Again, a D is basically, we call them bottom line people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> say, we're going to do this and, and this is where we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. Boom. And just limited information. And the, the, the problem that you got with C's is they always, the first thing that they look at is, that, okay, what's the risk of doing it that way? Mm. Particularly if we've done it this way all the time and it works. And now you're telling me we're going to do it that way. And it's different than what happens to high C's is they start asking questions. Mm-hmm. And the D is saying, I don't need all these questions. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally get it, Ken, because because I'm a, I'm a high D. Yeah, so I know. It's like, it's like I don't can... I don't need all those questions. Let's just do this. <laughs> but 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 I do, you know, yep. I, and, yep. and you sit down and it really creates that initial tension mm-hmm. between the D and the C because the D knows where he's going. And he, yep. he, he's, he's an instinctive problem solver. He knows based on the situation, he has that gift to see, we can make this work this way. Mm-hmm. And the C comes up with what well, we've never done it that way. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> and wow. then what happens to that? They have a question, you know, yep. and the D answers the question. And what does that do? The C has another question. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and it's amazing. The, the, the issues that C's can come up with is the reasons why something won't work. And mm-hmm. it totally frustrates the dominant style. Absolutely. Because <laughs> you know, yep. they just want to make it work. They just want to make it work. We can make it work. If that problem comes up, which has about a 5% of chance of happening. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Ken, you've been, you, you, you've been, you're one of our, our uh, contributing authors to emotional intelligence in Christ. Right. And you, you were just such a great resource as we were writing the book yeah. in terms of making our connection. You, you, you have some beautiful uh, insight into what is the difference between, okay, now we got our desk, right. And what is the power of now taking that step with emotional intelligence in Christ. Once you know how you're wired and how you know a D, I, S, C are, are operating, how does emotional intelligence in Christ make it come alive so that we can love others well as Jesus did? In my opinion, and this is my opinion, and you can give me feedback, but emotional intelligence really, uh, in my opinion, embraces agape love. 
That's mm-hmm. what it does. In knowing how to go ahead and, and manage who you are and, and understand who other people are and have a degree of empathy to, to accepting the fact that people are different and I got to love them. I don't necessarily understand everything about them, but I need to go ahead and make sure that I embrace loving one another and loving how Christ loved. That, mm-hmm. That's the deal. The, 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 the issue where this comes in is to give a definition of how they think, how they problem solve. So you, you've got to have both. You've got to have the emotional intelligence and commitment to love that person. And from the disc, understand how they think and solve problems and respect it as not dysfunctional, but just different. Mm. Well said, well said. So you laid out the, the cautious profiles, the, the I's and the yeah, or the S's and the C's are more cautious than the D's and yes. the I's. So, so um, what are the major strengths and weaknesses and limitations of the high C? The the the, the, the major strength of the high C is quality control, or knowing mm. when you're missing the mark. And in Scripture, God chose high C's to tell <laughs> the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, where they're missing the mark. Mm. The problem with that is that there's some people that don't want to hear the message. <laughs> always, always. And, 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 and they try to discount them. The other thing that C's are very good about is validators. They're, they're very much validating uh, whether or not you're there or not. Yeah. So that, that's a great strength that they can say, so if you're missing mm. the mark, they can point it out. Mm-hmm. Now, what is, the, what is the weakness of that? The weakness of that is being so controlling and so, so confining that you can't come up with options and they, and they become limitations and they, you know, they become so rigid that, that it just stifles creativity. So mm-hmm. there's, there's always with any style, there's a strength. And that strength out of control can become your greatest weakness. So you've got to really discern through, is God leading us to say this thing, bring this up, or is it the flesh bringing it up just to be a, a thorn in the flesh, you know, type of thing. So it's a really a balanced thing. And you really have to respect that your strength out of control can be your greatest weakness. And high seas are not risk takers. And when you come up with something that is not, not, out of their logical box, they will come up with reasons why it won't work. So there's there's that two-edged sword. And I hope that kind of clarifies what we're talking about there. Absolutely. And so if, if you're a D and you're having a conversation with a high C, right? And, and you've come up with some ideas that you're pretty confident are going to work. And the C comes in with kind of the stifling, limited Mm-hmm. Um, I don't reasons why it won't work. What's the best way to create safe space, right? Psychological safety, meaning what's important to me is safe with you. And I, I don't feel being shamed. What's the best way to, to communicate with a, with a high C in those situations? What, what do they need? Well, what you need to do is when you start getting these questions, say your silent prayer says, Lord, give me grace not to come back real strong and watch my tone because oh. they need assurance. Okay. The assurance that if we do that and that comes up, you're going to go ahead and take ownership with me with that risk. 
assurance is absolutely critical along with answering the questions that can be validated. Those two things are probably the most important things that you can do with that. But I think, in my opinion, for, for D's or I's, I think prayer <laughs> yes. you know, going absolutely. in, you know, because you've got, you've got to anticipate, Lauren, that the question is going to come up, particularly if that is outside of their norm of logical thinking, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as far as, and if there's a risk there, uh, you know, you've got to be able to address that risk with reassurance. Though, I answer the question and give reassurance. I think that's that's a that's the two things, two elements that you got when you're dealing with high seas. That's excellent. That's that's some that's some real boots on the ground um, guidance when when we do. And perhaps you are a high C or you're a D I. Um, again, if you haven't already taken the uh, biblical disc, we offer it in our book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ. Um, at emotionalintelligenceofchrist.com. You can also take the disc at leadlikejesus.com as well, um, which is the fuller, uh, the fuller profile. And, and Ken is the creator of, of all of it. So we, we actually reference a lot of this information in our book, mm -hmm. Emotional Intelligence in Christ. So Ken, uh, in, in our book, I know we've included a lot of case studies, right? Um, mm -hmm. In yes. terms of Hey, who were some C's in the Bible? <laughs> There's some great, great high C's. And um, there, the, the, the one where you have the most information about a strategy to go ahead and deal with the subject of answering the question and giving reassurance is Moses and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Those are the two that give us the best look at a strategy in loving those. Uh, uh, two others that that uh, that are important to understand that were significant characters were Elijah mm -hmm. and Gideon. Probably those four were, were that are the major ones that that are in there. Uh, if you want to really deal with the New Testament, uh, certainly uh, uh, Thomas. <laughs> did yep. he did he have any questions or was a validation that he needed in order to believe that Jesus had been raised? You know, of course, of course he did. Yeah. You know, so you have you always kind of look at it when you come up with something out of the ordinary. Is there a question? And how did God or Christ go ahead and deal with them? Is to go ahead and give them the answer and gave them reassurance. That's where I came up with that and validated all this stuff about. What is the strategy? And these are the characters that I use, primarily Moses, because there's the most information that we have with regard to dealing that with that style. And how emotionally intelligent, well, God is emotional intelligence, let's just face that. And so is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is emotional intelligence and you his think, ability is amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you're looking for emotional intelligence, who do you look at? Jesus. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. He is when you, when you came, well, when, when you guys first came to me and they said, Do you, we, we've got this vision <laughs> for, yep. for, for Jesus and that he, he had some emotional intelligence. Do you have any case studies? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I said, I've got, uh, I've got over 60. How many do you need? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and those are, we, we include those in yeah. our book. And so it's, it's really powerful when you actually see it come alive and, 
it gives us the opportunity to model. I mean, I'm just thinking of Gabriel and Mary and the yes. questions that she had and, and uh, how um, uh, the patience, and it wasn't like, okay, just believe it's going to happen. I mean, the emotional intelligence of meeting her where she was at, as well as Moses and, and Elijah and Gideon, great, great stories. Um, and just for the interest in, in, in our time, I'd like to just ask a, a couple more questions in the area of C's for our listeners today. So in, in our other podcasts, you express the wants and the fears of each of the styles. The D's yeah. have different wants and fears. So do the I's, so do the S's. What about the C's? What do they want and what do they fear? I think that this is some great intel for us to, to understand. Your question is what, is, what are the wants and fears of the high C? Is that your yep, question? You got that. Yeah. The, the want is they embrace high standards. So what they want everybody to embrace high standards. Mm -hmm. There's a way to do things and there's a right way to do it. And it's very specific. It's a step-by-step -step logical order that, 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 that is the want. When you come up with something, you've got to have a plan. And a lot of times what they want is it for it to be written down. I, I don't want to just hear it. I want to go ahead and write it down, record it, and then put it in a logical order so mm. that I feel secure in that. What is the fear? <laughs> Winging it. <laughs> Do you know any people that just like to go ahead and go in there and kind of feel the audience and just go ahead <laughs> <laughs> or or being or 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 can this is what i've noticed too like in in um uh just leadership trainings to be yeah. very uh aware of of not putting people on the spot yeah. that it, that if it's a d or an i you know it's, it's a different protocol yeah. if i'm dealing if i'm if i'm communicating with an s or a c much different hey why don't you stand up and share a few things oh man like, that's shut that, down that, yeah <laughs> shut down big time yeah they, they, they fear being wrong. Mm -hmm. And so what's their security about analyzing everything? So it's an logical order. The thing that drives them crazy, high C's, that shuts them down is if it doesn't make logical sense for them. Mm -hmm. They've got to have a step-by-step -step plan and written it down where they can visually see that. And then they can check off every step. You know, and, and people who are not like that feel so encumbered by the restrictions of what we're doing here that just, just eliminates their creativity. See, so you can see the incongruency that's going to come there, but they hate being wrong and they don't like illogical actions based on their perception. What is a logical action? <laughs> mm hmm. Ab absolutely. And, and I know you, you and I have talked about this too, approximately 34% of effective communication is our intonation yeah. and 54% is our body language. Now I find this very fascinating, just, you know, loving, loving human beings of all, all kinds. And um, just understanding that uh, that's our delivery system, right. Of information and right. whether or not you're a D I S or C they're, they're very unique delivery systems, which Jesus was masterful by the way. And we, yeah. we, we lay this out in our book um, on how he was able to, to know what the best delivery system was, like take Mary and Martha. I'm curious from your perspective, what is the best way to speak to a high C? What, what is the best um, you know, intonation when, when you see they're in the weeds, right? And they're basically a paralysis by analysis and, yeah. and you're wanting to coach them to back into some form of creativity and collective thinking, right? Mm -hmm. um, what type of intonation 
would you use with a C that that would work better than others? What well, I'll, I'll circle back to what I said previous to this, but you, you've got to understand they need uh, data. Uh, you know, that's that's in their mindset type mm-hmm. of a thing. And so you, you I think that the tone of voice that you do when they have the question that's kind of out of the box mm-hmm. to go ahead and give the reassurance to say something like that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and and um, and give you a comment here. But I also give you permission to process it. I know that's important to you. and if it's important to, for you to talk to somebody different, uh, somebody else other than me, that's okay. So what I've said in that initial response is allowing them to go ahead and process and talk to somebody else. And we're going into that direction of that third party uh, validation that is absolutely critical, which high C's are most misunderstood by that particular issue of needing to talk to, to process and talk to, and for what you can do at the front end is give them permission and, you know, give them permission to talk to somebody else, but yet couch it in assurances. Mm -hmm. That's coming back to that assurances that it's okay to take your time to analyze the data. You have to give them the freedom to go ahead. Mm -hmm. As long as they answer the question, you affirm them, I appreciate your question. And this is my best answer, but no, even when you give the answer, Lauren, they, they haven't, they haven't embraced it yet. They Mm -hmm. haven't, and they need time to process. So, so it's couched in, in your answer is always couched in reassurance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yep, that makes total sense. So it's yeah. it's it's like and, you you're already speaking into that by saying, "Hey, if you need some third party validation, feel free yeah. to explore this um, and take some time to process it." Versus, yeah. and, versus I, and I want to spend a little more time on that third party uh, 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 third party validation, uh, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. You cannot speed that up. You you've got to let them process it, you know, type of thing. And uh, you 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 see that in in biblical case studies, there are actually four biblical case studies over thousands of years where God or Christ used that strategy. Mm-hmm. And the first one that we have is with 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 Moses and God in the burning bush, where where there are all these questions that are asked by Moses about what what about what about what about you know type of thing and God answers everyone if you go to Exodus 3 and 4 mm-hmm. and you look at those you look at those questions that are asked and see how God the Father answered those questions it is couched again in specifically answering the question mm-hmm. with reassurance and then at the end of it you have to understand if the high C is seeing too great a risk for that, they will turn you down on the first round. And when you look at the Exodus three and four, Moses' questions stop, and uh, Moses answered the question by saying, "Lord, just send somebody else." And that was a clue for God to back off and let him process. And then what? What? It, what? Moses, after he had some time to process talk to his father-in-law about the situation and his Mm -hmm. father-in-law says, I think you ought to go. And then he went. So there's an example of that third party validation. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, that, it's yeah, absolutely, yeah. that's very, very helpful because the D or the I uh, will have the tendency to push in. Come on. Why can't you give me an, this is not a big deal. Right. Just give me your an fast answer. Pace. Yeah. Your come fast. on now. I'll give you by, by tonight, you know, rather yeah. than giving them the space to like God did in his emotional intelligent um, way that he does all things is to give that space for Moses to get that third party validation so mm-hmm. that um, he allowed him to be human. And he allowed him to honor how he was wired. And I just love that because God loves us right where we're at and mm-hmm. also loves us enough not to leave us there. So speak into a little more because the DIS and the C, they, they all have different ways. And we, we explored in, in each one of our podcasts for the D's, the I's, the S's, how they solve problems, right? Mm-hmm. So what is the actual strategy for a C? Like get us into the mind of a C when a situation that requires our attention for solution crosses our way or a problem, mm-hmm. where, what goes on in the mind of a C? Well, you know, when I use, and we can't come up with visuals here because you and I are just talking here. Yep, that, yep. That, it's all auditory. And mm-hmm. uh, when I present, I always present in picture form. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I outline the way the, the, the high seas thinks. And what I use to illustrate the form of where I put the data on that is a box, <laughs> a square. And I put point by point by point in there. And they think in boxes, you know. And, and when I'm dealing, I'm going to use the eye. And you've got some, I use a circle because a circle can kind of breathe. Mm-hmm. but a yeah. box doesn't breathe it's it's rigid yep. <laughs> you know and it's yeah. step by step so visually it's just really really different you know mm-hmm. and, and how they go ahead and do it uh, i'll just go through the scenario of, of of the points the first thing that the c's need is they need data and they collect data and they write things down <laughs> and then they organize the data on a piece of paper and put it by step by step and they were uh, arrange it in a form where it makes sense. And then they go through the process of going ahead and changing the, the, the data based on the validation that they come up with. And then they search for the, for the flaw within the information. And by this time, the D is going crazy. I know. I know. Well, you just put because the, the deal has three steps. For out loud. <laughs> so just, just just for the fun of it, Ken, what are the three phases of how a D solves a problem? This is just uh, uh, wait, wait, is, tell me what I need to know in ten words or less. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that that's why. Tell me what I need to know, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and come up with a preliminary action plan. And if there's a problem, I'll fix it as we go along. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and when I, and when, and when then, and then compared out, to the C. Yep. And, yep. And, and the D said, you know, the D's jump out of their chairs I when know. I show this visually. Yep. So yep. what do you think it is? That's the way you do it. Yep. That's the way you do it. <laughs> What's wrong with the rest of you people? <laughs> exactly that's why we need the holy spirit holy spirit give us emo- that emotional intelligence within us that's already there because we it's have already there. christ but for, for lauren for comic relief i'm gonna go to the eye okay yeah oh yeah this is the okay, eye i this gotta is... go to the eye I yep. mean, ah, yeah you know what's the eye the eye is a circle 
This is not a square. It's a circle. The D is a, is is a square. The the C is a square because they think you know just solid, solid. This is the way it is. One, two, three. Bam. One, two, three. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> you know, it's just the pace is different. <laughs> and the I, when they come up with a problem and they think of an experience they had that has nothing to do with the problem, but it's an interesting question. It's an interesting story. <laughs> then they they tell it and they embellish the story and the C's are gone crazy because what does this have to do with the problem? <laughs> exactly. And then they they solve problems by hearing themselves speak in random thoughts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that is helpful. That's therapeutic for them to just to talk yep. in random terms. And the yep. C says, you're not making any sense. Get logical on this thing. So yep. you see any incongruency there? Yeah. The D is saying you're taking too much time. The I is saying you don't care about my story. And it's interesting. <laughs> and then what about what about our sweet S's? The S's, what they did, they, they got nothing in that initial discussion. And yep. the most logical thing you can do for them is not make a decision, just come up, we're thinking about them and let them process. And they, once they get out of that meeting. Initial conversation, they process and, and outside out of, of that it. initial conversation. Uh, they, go, they go off by themselves mm-hmm. and they start thinking and rehashing that thing and they choreograph the answer in their head. So yep. it's not dialogue. The I needs dialogue. This S's do not need dialogue. Yeah. So you do you see any do you see any incongruency? The uh, the eyes want to talk about it some more. And he says, "Get out of my face!" It's like the modern day Tower of Babel. <laughs> when you think about it, you're saying, "What are you doing here?" And I have found, Lauren, I have found that one of the major things that you can do to understand have emotional intelligence is to know how different. People solve problems, how mm-hmm. different styles solve problems. Absolutely. Absolutely critical to emotional intelligence. I mean, uh, absolutely. Yeah, but, it's it's so it's so powerful. And and we we include that as well in our book. Um, but that for me, I remember when yeah. you taught that to me, uh, that was a game changer because yeah. it gave me more grace. Yeah. To understand, oh, it's nothing personal because we we no. do we do take things personally so quickly. It's not against me. It's just they're wired differently. And yeah. so for me, if I'm really seeking to honor God by loving others well as Jesus did, then just asking the Holy Spirit help me to have the wisdom to be able to mm-hmm. connect and become all things to all men and to speak to them with grace and in how they're wired and give them the space they need to be able to feel safe with this decision or or solving the problem. I think it's so I think it's so powerful. So is there is there a biblical example where a cautious profile came into conflict with another behavioral style because of problem solving differences? What's so uh, wonderful about the word of God is this 100% honest. Mm. And mm. You, we have that story and it has to do with Moses and Aaron. Mm-hmm. Were they different? A hundred percent. Moses with the high C, Aaron was a high I. Moses come up with a thing, you know, I'm, I'm slow of speech and the I, you know, says God, it says, I've already worked that out. <laughs> you know, Aaron's mm-hmm. your guy. So they, they made a great team. Mm-hmm. However, they need to be working together. And what happened when they, when they, when they went to Mount Sinai, God says, uh, you've given the Ten Commandments here. You know, I'm going to go ahead and write them down for you. I'm going to put them on top of them. Moses, you need to come up the mountain. And I'm going to go ahead and we're going to have a discussion here. And, and, God, uh, and Moses said, okay, that's fine. I says, uh, Aaron, uh, you're in charge down here. 
Okay. And if there's any question, refer to the law that we just can't talk about, you know, and we're talking Exodus 20. There, there was a meeting. It was, there was a meeting of what God wanted as far as the 10 commandments. Mm-hmm. And then they had a town hall meeting in, in, in Exodus 24. So we went over it and the people said, amen, we're going to do everything, you know? So Moses goes up and he's up there 40 days. And guess what? The first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, that's not a hard thing to figure out. I mean, you, you, you just don't come up with idols. And guess <laughs> what Aaron <laughs> did? He went ahead and made a golden calf. <laughs> you know? now, now, now explain. He's an eye, right, Ken? So yeah. what do we know about eyes? Aaron is an to do eye. That? He's an eye just off the chart eye with nothing else. Mm-hmm. So he is influenced. He is influenced by social recognition of people putting social pressure on him. And mm-hmm. the people came to him. We don't know what happened to this Moses guy. So why don't we do something different here? And Aaron comes up with the idea. Well, why don't we just have a celebration? And of course, it got out of hand and they made a golden cap. Mm-hmm. So, again, his decision to do this was based on social pressure. Mm-hmm. And that's who Aaron was. It was a social pressure that caused him to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Whereas Moses would say, if you even think about that, you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so Moses comes down and he sees this golden calf and he sits there and he says, what in the world is going on here? Why that's would such you a great do example. that? Mm-hmm. And I can just see the tone of voice that, uh, that Moses asked Aaron. What in the world would you explain to me what happened here? <laughs> and when you do that with that tone, the eye uses their defense mechanism mm-hmm. to respond to that. And the way they do that to protect themselves is to blame somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it was just what, exactly what he did. And his answer is classic high eye when asked the question, with the wrong tone he says you know what kind of people you got here you know what they're like they thought they told me to go ahead and 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 do something and they, and i said take off your your gold and whatever and they did and they threw it at me and it landed in this fire and what happened is a calf jumped out so why are you <laughs> <laughs> They're the they're the they're the they're masterful spin doctors. Masterful spin doctors. <laughs> Those eyes. I know because I'm a high eye. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Totally, You're blaming uh, me. It's not my yep, fault. Yep, not my fault. Yeah. Not my fault. Somebody exactly. else did. You know, yep. I know you got it on videotape. I know that. Yeah. It really wasn't <laughs> me. That was <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And so there, there, there's that incongruency. There is no way that. Moses understood how in the world would he have even thought that was a good idea? Mm. But you got to understand what 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 his weakness is, what his fear is, getting rejected by the people. So he went along with the party. Yep. <laughs> and then and then what was the outcome? So so Moses and and just to well, share it with listeners uh, well, from our what perspective with, with this is that Moses took care of it and corrected the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what's important to understand is that if a spirit-controlled seed really buys in, if he really buys in to what he's supposed to do, 
even though there's tremendous risk here, they're going to do it anyway. That's the, that's really the maturity measure of a high C. They don't ask any questions. They just go through with what they committed to going ahead and doing. Mm -hmm. And when he finished up with, with, with correcting the people, making them actually drink, you know, molded the thing I had them drink the thing, corrected the thing. And then he says, you know what? God's not crazy about you guys. And what he wanted to do is wipe you out. And somebody's got to go ahead and go up there on this mountain and talk to them about it. And, and if I were to ask for volunteers, there is nobody. And I mean, nobody that can do this except me. Mm -hmm. And so what he ended up doing is I'm going to go back up there. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I'll go ahead and, and plea for you to see what he wants to do. So he goes up on top of the mountain, talks to God and says, I now understand how bad this was. And I, I have no, I cannot give any excuses for them, but I can plea for them. And the only thing I have, the only thing that I have to give is my life. And I'm willing to go ahead and die for these people. Mm. If that's acceptable to you, mm. you think that's big. That's major. That's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. That that's the, that's the maturity of a high C and when they go ahead and take a risk that is totally without their framework to be able to do. And yet he was able to do that. Mm. So you and I have talked about this and, and that's such a powerful story. I appreciate you sharing yeah. that um, because it really kind of gives us a visual of, of what that looks like. The difference between a C and an I yeah. um, being aware of that. Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned this, uh, the C's are the most complex. What do you mean by that? Why because there's so many uh, parts to understanding who they are. And the biggest part that is so um, not a part of the initial conversation is that third party validation. Uh, you know, that that is the one that is most misunderstood. And I'd like to go a little bit more about about the response. Uh, you know, when when the when the. D or the I finds out that the C is talking to somebody else after they've give, already given instruction, they mm -hmm. respond incongruently to what's going on. Absolutely. In other words, the D would come to the conclusion, you don't trust me enough to mm -hmm. go ahead and, and do what I say. And I'm your authority. And I, I, I can't, if this is what you do, I got to fire you. Mm -hmm. Whereas the I would see it differently in that says, well, you rejected me and that and, and emotionally, I don't like that and I can't handle that. Mm -hmm. So there's that incongruency that that is there in the difference that's going on there and uh, that misunderstanding. And for for the two parties to understand how complex that is, is the real challenge to the spiritual maturity of loving one another among a D and any or I or S and, and, and the C had with the C component in there needing that third party validation. Now, and I, and I appreciate you saying that because when we know that, I mean, I just know from, from, as you have mentored me in this area, I just know how freeing it's been yeah. for me to understand my colleagues, my friends, my husband, yeah. who's wired differently than me when they need that third party validation. And that that understanding that that's just how they're wired 
it, it's such a grace of freedom, really going mm. back to Galatians five, one, that it is for yeah. freedom that Christ has set you free, stand firm and don't allow yourself to be burdened by the behavior of other people we could put in mm -hmm. there. Right. Because that's mm -hmm. how they're wired. It's that's different from wired. us and it's nothing personal. No, that's it is given not. me so much grace of allowing, right. Yeah. Allowing someone to be as God has created them to be without me putting them on the potter's wheel, trying to make them like me. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly freeing yeah. to be Lord, witnesses. If you can, like I say, if you, as in your I and your D, your ability to extend grace to, an I, uh, to a C, to let him know it's okay for you to go ahead and talk to somebody else about our case study. I know you need time to process and I know you need validation and it's okay. You, you have put uh, a, a huge, huge, uh, 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 investment in there in the area of loyalty. You cannot measure it. How when it frees them too, not just mm. you, but them to say we're still okay if I go ahead and talk to somebody else about it. The 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 thing that you get to when you're dealing with C's is when you do that, how loyal they will be to you. Mm. If you Absolutely. can pull that off, you know, mm -hmm. type of thing, and give them permission for that third party validation. That is so huge. And the loyalty factor is, uh, you know, a thousand percent hmm. if you can pull that off. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it, it comes back to this. And I was thinking about this again this week. Dear God, it's a, it's a prayer I've prayed for, for quite some time. Dear God, help me to see other people for who they desire to be rather than how their behavior shows up. Because there's a healthy C and an unhealthy C, a healthy right. D and unhealthy D. Healthy I, unhealthy I. Healthy yeah. S, unhealthy S. Mm -hmm. um, and as you mentioned, you, you can measure the quality of a mature or healthy high C when they're able to communicate that need, hey, it's important to me to get third-party validation. Um, it's nothing personal. And again, um, coming back to the main, the main desire of every, every human being is to know that you care about them and, mm -hmm. and that what they're saying and their perspective is important to you. Those two things create that sense of psychological safety where they will feel free to be able to express their feedback and differences without fear of ridicule, shame, um, judgment. And, and that's, that's the space that Jesus was just so masterful, just watching how he, he dealt with so many different personalities. It's just mm -hmm. so powerful, Ken. This work that you've done in the world is, is just such a gift in the area of biblical DISC. Um, I, I've been using DISC for quite some time uh, in the secular world, and to see the, the biblical connection that you have made has just it's just been such a uh, profound experience um, from a follow from a, from a position of a follower of Jesus to learn how to love others well as as Jesus did so just so grateful for for your work in this area and um, now we have the four different podcasts that are the emotional intelligent guidelines to help you to love high D's highs I's S's and C's um, and if you haven't already taken the profile, um, please visit us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. You can get the, um, the shorter version in the book. We have the links for you to use there, or you can go and access the longer version of the biblical desk at, at leadlikejesus.com. Any closing words, Ken, as we kind of wrap up this series? Uh, yeah, I have one, one, more, uh, um, one more comment. 
Sure. And it has to do, how do you measure the maturity of a high C? How, how do you know when things are really working in their in a high C zone? Mm-hmm. Is when they're, they've built enough trust in, you, in their relationship with you that they don't have a lot of questions. They don't, they just, they just trust you. It takes a long time, Lauren, to, for, to build that trust. But mm. once it's there, it's solid. And the questions are not there anymore, you know, and wow. they're confident in that. And I, I look at the end of Exodus, Exodus, the book of Exodus and Exodus 40, where God was having a conversation with Moses and building the tabernacle. And the instructions were laid out one, two, three, four, five, you know, just every time he yeah. did something, he did it. and there was not one question. He just hmm. did it. And that's how, you know, hmm. when the, when the questions are less and, and, and you have built a trust with that high C hmm. and they're the most loyal people you can think of. Hmm. That's so powerful. So powerful. And, and, and this whole series, Ken, has, has just been such a gift because as we understand, hey, not everyone thinks the way I think and not everyone is wired the way I am wired. And just our need for the Holy Spirit within us to be able to help us discern and manage our emotions and behaviors when we do encounter people that aren't wired the way we are. And um, it's just really the, the, uh, the tools and, and the processes to help us to remember to expand the gap between what's happening outside of us and how the Holy Spirit is moving us to relate to the different people in our lives so that we can honor God and love the way that, that Jesus did. So thank you so much, Ken, for, for this series. It's just been so, so powerful. Can you close us in prayer today? Absolutely. Father, thank you for the opportunity to chat with Lauren, and I pray your Holy Spirit has captured something that is going to be helpful to our listeners who are high seas to know that how to love them and and how we can go ahead and understand the seas and how the seas can understand themselves. And I pray for your Holy Spirit to direct that thinking. So we just leave it at that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And again, listeners, please visit us if you haven't already, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Visit us at edgegodin.com and you can you can access all four of these series there at our main website. And there's actually a, uh, a one sheet to capture your learnings that has five different steps to be able to capture and apply your learnings for each podcast. There are several groups that will actually take a series and use it as a Bible study using that one sheet um, to do as, as a group study. So feel free to do that. And you can also visit us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. We currently have the book, we have a course, and uh, we are working, we have a workshop. We're also working on the six week Bible study, which should be available by the new year. Um, and that's, that's going to be taking you through that journey as well. And Ken, I would love to have you back and do another series that kind of pulls even more of the emotional intelligence in Christ in and connecting it to the four different styles um, that I'm just kind of talking out loud, being that I'm an I. So I'll, I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> well, I, you know, if I, if I had one I'd like to do uh, with you is to go ahead and put the connection between emotional intelligence and this together as we look at Christ. Uh, yep, absolutely. Would I'd love like that. to do that. 
Yep. Let's, we'll do that. So listeners, you can look forward to that and offline we'll explore what that's going to look like moving forward by God's grace. So give them heaven out there. There's enough of the dark side going on outshine the darkness. We look forward to seeing you at our, or hearing, hearing from you. If you have any feedback, please go to edgeguidein.com. And uh, we look forward to joining you again at our next podcast. Enjoy your gift of life today.